Thank you for taking the time to listen to this life-changing message from the Ministry of Faith Bible Chapel. We hope this message will encourage you in all parts of your life. At the end of this message, you will hear more information on how to contact our church family, as well as directions for you to visit us for any of our worship services. Until then, join us for the service in progress. I think one of the first verses that I ever memorized as a believer, when I started going to Bible college, I started my transformation uh, journey at this church in 1981. So August will be 36 years, most of my whole life. I'm going to be 56. So I was 20, almost 21 years old. And, and I remember one of the very first verses that I memorized was Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you in view of God's mercy, offer yourself as a living sacrifice. We all know it, right? Offer yourself as a living sacrifice. This is your spiritual act of worship. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And there's a promise that comes after that challenge to be transformed. Then, says the Scripture, then you'll be able to, what? Finish it for me. Right? Come on. Can you finish it? That was pretty good. <laughs> Offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve God's will, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So that journey for me started 36 years ago, for some five days ago. I want to start by looking at what Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 14, because Paul's life is one of incredible transformation. He starts out as this religious zealot who thinks he's doing everything right. Were you ever there one time in your life where you thought you were doing everything pretty good and then all of a sudden you come to the crossroads, which is the crossroads of that encounter with Jesus? And then all of a sudden your life changes radically and you almost feel like you're starting all over again. That's exactly where Paul found himself. I mean, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees, religious man, educated, brilliant, um, the leader in every area and every arena, everywhere he went, he was the one that the crowds followed. And all of a sudden he has this face-to-face -face encounter with God and it's as if he starts all over. And he's sharing his heart in the book of Philippians chapter 3 when he's in prison. And he's trying, he's probably reflecting on the course change that his life has taken. And he says, whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. You read that scripture too many times and you could bypass the, the reality of what that means to somebody that has given it all away or walked away from everything. Paul actually walked away from everything. But he's actually saying now, I consider none of that worth anything. So that encounter that he had on that Damascus road radically changed his heart, but it began the journey of transformation. You can have a radical heart change that begins the journey of transformation that is a lifelong journey, and if we don't understand that that journey is going to look different along the way, we could get stalled along the way. And, and I was thinking about it in my own life personally. How, how does it relate to me? And I think this was one of the things that hit me. So, we call it Easter Monday, and it's Teardown Monday, which means all of those sets on the east side are now getting torn down that men spent weeks and weeks and weeks building to do the Easter play. And I'm over there tearing down, and one of the first phone calls that I make 
before we start the Easter teardown is across the street to Youth with a Mission. We need young men with young backs and young bodies to come over and tear down these big walls. So I, this, this hit me like a deja vu moment. When I came to this church, I was that age. I was the age of these young men. And I invited these guys over and they show up. And isn't this true, Steve? They show up and all of a sudden there's a burst of energy that hits the room. And these guys are starting to tear things down. And, and I'm saying to these guys who are 20, hey, have somebody help you carry that wall. Oh, no, I can get it myself. No, I'll get that myself. Have somebody help you pick that up. No, I'll get that myself. And I remember my dumb 20s when I thought I could do anything. And now, now I show up and I got my back brace and I tighten it as tight as I can. And I cinch it up and people are actually lifting my shirt up to see what my back brace looks like. It's a true story. It's on the outside of my pants, of course. But there, and I'm thinking, how things have changed as I've gotten older. That is in the natural. But if we don't understand it in the spirit, that transformation still needs to take place in our lives as we mature. But it's going to look different than it did when we were in our 20s or 30s or 40s. So Paul is reflecting and he's reminiscing here. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ. He was a religious guy. I want to know Christ in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his suffering and becoming like him in his death and somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all this. Part of walking through transformation and, and being on the road to transformation is having real-life conversations with ourselves. And not telling ourselves what we want to hear, but what is true. And that's exactly what he's doing. Uh, I've not obtained it all, or that I've already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. So my challenge tonight is going to be, let's press on. Let's just press on with revelation that comes from God personally that he downloads to each and every one of us. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of this, but one thing that I do, this is so helpful, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. So let me just start by saying this, and I came across this as I was studying some things, getting ready for uh, this series and the introduction to this series, and Rick Warren said this, and I love the way he said it. Setting goals is my spiritual responsibility. Think about that. Setting goals is my spiritual responsibility. And goals are a statement of faith. Goals are a statement of faith. So setting goals is my spiritual responsibility. So when we're talking about transformation tonight, I just want us to visit for just a few minutes the reality of what it looks like to set goals, spiritually speaking. Because if we accomplish anything in this life, it's only because we've set goals. True or false? Did you graduate from school somewhere? Yes or no? Yes or no? Well, you set a goal somewhere. Somebody set it for you and said, you're going to graduate from school. You're going to go to college. And so the only way that we accomplish anything in life is by the setting of goals. So setting goals is my spiritual responsibility. This really is Paul's cry in Philippians chapter 3. Here's what he did. Threw it up there as a goal. 
Here's my goal. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. He steps back from that and says, what am I going to have to do to accomplish that? Forgetting what is behind, I press on. I press on, I press on. So, so, so let's think about this, that the setting of goals is a spiritual responsibility, not just something that we do in the, in the, in the secular or the practical word, world, but in our spiritual lives, it's a spiritual responsibility, and they are statements of faith. So I'm going to just have three points tonight that we're going to look at. But in between each one of these points, I want us to just take a few minutes to think about that. And we'll do that in a couple minutes. But think about what does that look like for me spiritually. So I put the definition of that word goal on your outline. And it's not anything that's unfamiliar to us. But it's the result or achievement toward which effort is directed. It is the aim or the end. It's the aim or the object toward which an endeavor is directed. We, we all know what goals are. We, we start learning about goals from the time that we're little and we teach them to ourselves and, and, and the level of commitment that we have to our goals determines the success in achieving those goals. But really, when we're talking about that spiritually, what we're talking about is embracing our potential. That, that's really what we're talking about. We're talking about setting goals as my spiritual responsibility and their statements of faith. So as I set goals, really then what I'm doing is I am embracing my spiritual potential without even knowing what it is. Without even knowing what it is. When these people responded on Sunday in this building and when those people responded five times Wednesday through Saturday over there and they're encountering God with this initial transformation God has in mind what he wants to do in their lives just like he did you and I aren't you glad he didn't accomplish it all in the first six months of your walk or the first six years of your walk I, I was thinking about this in my own life and and I really thought about this I'm not just throwing this out there because it sounds maybe it doesn't sound good but for me wrapping my brain around what does it look like for me in this next season of my life? And here's something that I'm embracing that I believe is from the Lord. I believe part of my transformation journey in the next season of my life is to go from having an impact to having influence. It's just something that God has dropped down in my spirit, and I don't even know exactly what that means. But, but Lord, whatever that looks like, of course, I'm going to still have impact. But, but influence, what does that mean? I mean? Think about the Lord Jesus Christ. Did he ever set goals? <laughs> think about it. I mean, he was goal-focused from eternity. Uh, let's go, how about we go reverse the curse, Jesus? In heaven, Adam and Eve fall. And so thousands of years, they're in heaven setting goals. Jesus, you go and you reverse the curse. You go and you fulfill my will. Goal after goal after goal after goal was set by our King and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So, so these goals are my spiritual responsibility. Jesus saw them as his responsibility. Paul saw them as his responsibility. So I wrote down three things. And I, I just want to have you ponder these for a minute. I'm going to give you the first one. Read a scripture. Then have us ponder this for a minute before we move too quickly past it. But before I give you the first one, let, let me just challenge you with something. And this is for all of us. If we do not release the past, we can never embrace the future. 
Hear me when I say that. If we do not release the past, we cannot embrace the future. You can't do both of them. Paul says, forgetting what is behind, I press on. What is he forgetting? He doesn't tell us the specifics, which is good. Because then we'd have to look at his checklist and say, well, I've released that. It's a personal thing. Maybe for him it was the image of the Stephen being murdered in the street. Maybe it was the image of him ripping a father out of a home and having him thrown in prison and making the wife and children destitute. What was it he had to forget? We don't know. Maybe for you and maybe for me, what we need to forget is a bad memory. Maybe what we need to forget is a bad church experience. You're going to have them. Hello. You're in the church for over a week, you're going to have them. Come on, isn't that true? You're going to have them at work. But, but if we do not release the past, we cannot embrace the future. We can't. Paul had to learn to do that. So my goals must be, here's the first one. They have to be personal. Say personal. And they start with a desire. You can't tell me of one goal that you have fulfilled that you did not make personal and you didn't fuel it with desire. Didn't happen. You, you have to, in setting goals, I forgot, what did I say? Did I say that goals are a statement of faith? Yes or no, I forgot. Did I say that, yes or no? Are you sure? Okay, goals are statements of faith. So my goals must be personal. And they start with a desire. Listen, if it is not personal and there's no desire fueling it, I am not going to do it. True or false? I have no desire to play an instrument. Just sorry, guys. Just really. I have no desire. to. I love to listen. I appreciate that, but I have no desire to do it. So you know how successful I'm going to be in it? About that successful. Because it's not personal and there's no desire that's fueling it. So in this journey of transformation, whether you're one week into it, one month into it, one year into it, one decade into it, two decades into it, we got to make it personal. Let me just read this to you in 2 Corinthians and then just give us a couple minutes. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh. I was groaning and sighing on Monday, (laughs) taking that belt off. (laughs) I am tired. This body at 55 doesn't function quite like it did at 20. Hello. It's not that we want to die or get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on the new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God himself has prepared us for this as a guarantee has given us his Holy Spirit. So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. For we live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, We are fully confident, and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we will be at home with the Lord. So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, now listen to this, our goal is to please Him. It's our spiritual responsibility. So our goal is to please the Lord. So if the first point is that my goal must be personal and start with a desire, I wonder if we could just take... Three or four minutes. He's just going to pad some music behind us. wonder if we could just take three or four minutes and say, Holy Spirit, would you quicken to me right now if there has been a personal goal that for whatever reason I've abandoned? Or, Lord, is there a personal goal that for whatever reason 
I've neglected or I've failed to fuel it with a continued desire. God spoke something to my heart. He said, I want to do this in your life, Blake. This is what I have for you. And I've not fueled it with some desire. And so maybe we could just take a couple minutes and just think about that. Here's the truth. You'll miss 100% of every shot that you do not take. You'll miss 100% of every shot that you don't take. You can't make it if you don't take a shot. You have the the opportunity to make it if you take a shot. So, So what is God asking you to do in the area of transformation? Listen, it isn't about what God wants to do through you as much as it is what God wants to do in you. Because he can do whatever he wants to do. He can can dispatch angels to accomplish his will. But what's more important is what he's doing in us. Let's just take a couple minutes. I think sometimes um, setting goals that we can see in the natural for a lot of us is easier than setting spiritual goals because they're they're a little wiggly and sometimes they're not something that we can necessarily sink our teeth into. But 
let, let me just challenge you with this when it comes to the thought of being transformed. Really, that is the cry of Paul's heart in Philippians. I want to know Christ in the power of his resurrection. And so he's inviting us into this real prayer and encounter that he's having with God and saying, you know, I, I've, I've seen these things and I've experienced these things, but I don't know it all. And, and so much of what Paul writes about is his personal relationship with the Lord. And something that really works well for me and it's something that I had to learn to do is just moments of quiet before the Lord. And, and I'm not talking about hours, but just moments. It is amazing how that if you take some moments that you can carve out with the Lord, He can begin to connect with your heart and connect with your spirit and, and make these goals that He has for you personal. And we begin to sense what God is saying and what God is speaking. And then we apply the faith to believe that and, and inspire ourselves and challenge ourselves. And then we match that with the desire and we're on the way to transformation. It is easy, and I said this a minute ago, if we don't let go of the past, it's going to be very difficult to embrace the future. It's easy to say it used to be so good. I liked it the way it was in the past. And we have to be careful with that. Do you believe God is not done with you, yes or no? If we believe that God is not done with us, then we have to believe that there's things in the future that he has for us. So my goals must be personal, and they start with desire. Put a question on your outline. I want you to ponder this and think through this over the next week. What was the last goal you set that challenged you and seemed impossible? What was the last goal that you set that challenged you and seemed impossible? And I'm talking about a spiritual goal. Talking about a spiritual goal because we're talking about transformation. We're talking about being changed and becoming more and more like God. What is that goal that you challenged yourself with that seemed impossible? Because it might be something totally different, likely is, than what God challenged me with. The second thing, my goals. Say my goals. Say it like you mean it. One more time. My goals must be practical and they require discipline. So they have to be personal and they have to start with a desire, but then they also have to be practical. They have to be functional and practical in our lives. Do not set a goal that is not practical for you. You will not do it. True or false? If you set a goal that is not practical, so if we're on this journey of transformation to become more and more like Christ, and you set goals that are either not personal or not practical, you have set yourself up to fail. It isn't going to work. It isn't going to work. Quit telling yourself to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning to have a quiet time if you're not a morning person. Why would you do that to yourself? Why would you torture yourself like that? Why would you give yourself that brain damage? That is unwise. Why, why, why is it more spiritual to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and have a quiet time than it is at 9 o'clock? Can you have a quiet time that is consistent at 9 o'clock? Then do it. If you're going to say, well, i got to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, and you get up one out of 30 days, it's not very practical. Right or wrong? So why would you set yourself up to fail that way? Say, I won't. So you better make it personal, and you better make it practical. Think about the things that you've accomplished in the natural. And think about how these things are true, that they have to be personal, they have to be fueled with desire, they have to be practical, 
and they're going to require discipline. I've set myself a physical goal that I'm going to try to accomplish in the next month, and I'm not very confident that I'm going to be able to do it. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm not very confident because I haven't trained right. And I haven't trained right because I haven't had the time. So the, true, the same is true in the spiritual realm. Here's what the psalmist said. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in a land and befriend. I loved the ESV translation of this. Befriend faithfulness. Ooh, that's good, isn't it? Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in a land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Here's the whole discipline thing. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him and He will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and the justice as the noon day. I think some of the common mistakes when it comes to setting goals is we set them too low or we set them and try to accomplish them too quickly. If, if this spiritual journey of ours is going to last our lifetime, is it going to? Is it going to last until you take your last breath? If our spiritual journey is going to last a lifetime, then don't set your goals too low. And don't try to accomplish them in the first year of your life. As I was watching, I promise you this happened. So these 20-year-olds, 21, 22-year-olds, came across the street from YWAM, and for the first hour and a half, they were on fire. And they were running to grab a wall, and they were doing that, and they were doing that, and then I started to see the slow fade. There's only so much fuel in the tank. And by the end of the day, what time did we finish? 1.15. By the end of the day, they were not moving any faster than the 50-something-year-olds that had paced themselves. It's really true. And the fact of the matter is, we, we've got to pace ourselves on this journey. And, and the way that we pay, one of the ways that we pace ourselves is we set goals that are personal and fueled with desire, and we set them in such a way that they're practical. Really does work for me to get up early in the morning. I don't have to set an alarm. I, I have never had to set an alarm in my lifetime. Never. I tell myself what time to get up, I wake up. And I'm thankful for that. But... but so it makes it a little bit easier for me. But, but I still have to have the discipline piece of it. And I wonder if we could just take a couple minutes. I have one more point, but I wonder if we could just take a couple minutes and ask the Lord to reveal, Lord, is there a practical goal in this transformation process of my life? Is there a practical step that you want me to take to get towards that goal? You have goals for me, Lord, in, the, in, in my spiritual walk. It's my spiritual responsibility. What is a practical step that I can take? We have to take a step before we can reach the goal. Isn't that true? It has to be a step or two or three. And maybe we can just take a couple minutes. And maybe the Lord wants to remind us of something that we'd already committed to. And for whatever reason, it is just kind of trickled off. And maybe we've forgotten about it. Because here, here's the thing that I want to just remind us of. Your eye has not seen, nor has your ear heard, nor has it even entered into your heart what God has prepared for you, says the Scriptures. Isn't that an amazing thing? Your eye has not seen and your ear has not even comprehended what God has prepared for you. There are so many gifted and talented people in this room, world changers in this room, 
who God has set on a course and a destiny to fulfill things that only you can accomplish and you can fulfill. I can't fulfill what God has called you to fulfill, and I can't accomplish it. So let's just take a couple minutes and think about what is the practical thing, Lord, that I need to focus on? What is the practical thing that I need to give my attention to? What is the thing, what is the thing that I need to begin to discipline myself toward? Let's just do that for a couple minutes. We knew all the things that God wanted to do in our lives. We wouldn't be able to handle it. If we constantly come back to Romans 12, offer yourself as a living sacrifice. This is your spiritual act of worship. And there's this continual offering. Then there's this partnership with the plan of God that requires us to have great faith and great trust that his plan is good for us. So my goal has to be personal. It has to start with a desire. It has to be practical. And it requires discipline. And then thirdly, it has to be provable. And it has to be decisive. It it has to be something that's provable. I have to be able to prove it to myself. You don't have to prove it to me. You don't have to prove it to anybody else. But if we're going to be successful, I forgot. Is setting goals my spiritual responsibility, yes or no? Yes or no? Then I've got to be able to prove to myself if I'm making progress. That's what report cards do. Kids don't like them, but they're great evaluators of what is actually happening. And I am not in any way saying that we make this a legalistic thing. I'm saying that we filter this relationally through our walk with the Lord, like Paul is saying in Philippians. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. That's my goal. So he steps back and says, what's it going to take for me to accomplish that? First, I better make it personal because I'm going to be persecuted I'm going to be mocked. I'm going to be run out of towns. Everywhere I go, people are going to say, you're a hypocrite. You were killing these people. Now you're loving these people. So I better make it personal because if it's personal, I'll burn out. So I better have something that that motivates that or fuels that. That's a desire to please God. I want to know Him. 
And then it better be practical. I've, I've got to figure out practical ways to live this out in the world that I live in, which is a fallen world. True? It's a post-Christian world we live in. I better figure out practical ways to live it out, and it's going to require discipline. So you're in the workplace, and everything you hear is the F-bomb, and people are doing this, and they're doing this, and pulling these shenanigans, and these shenanigans, and, uh, and yet God calls you to be right in the middle of that. And he's transforming us as we're living in the middle of that. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to require some discipline, and then it's got to be provable. The prophet Habakkuk said this. He's a post-exilic prophet. Children of Israel have just come out of 70 years of Babylonian captivity. And uh, he's reminding the people, don't forget where you come from. <laughs> don't forget where you were back there. I will climb my watchtower and wait and see what answer God will give to my complaint. The Lord said to me, write my answer on a billboard. Large and clear so that anyone can read it at a glance and rush to tell others. These things I plan won't happen right away. Transformation does not happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. Do you believe God has a vision for your life? Slowly, steadily, surely. The time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, say, I've been there. Say, I've been there. God, are you ever going to answer? God, are you ever going to walk me through this? If it seems slow, do not despair. For these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue one single day. Boy, you write it down, then it becomes something provable. You write it down. It's between you and the Lord. You don't have to share it publicly. It's not to set you up to fail. But if we're going to be transformed, say, I want to be, then I better set some goals, which are my spiritual responsibility. And they better be personal and have some desire. They better be practical, and I better apply some discipline. And then they better be provable. And I've got to be decisive about that. This is what the Lord is saying to me. I'm going to release the past. Hard as that is, I'm going to release the past. I'm going to say, God, you're doing a new thing. And I'm going to embrace the new thing. I'm not going to get stuck in the in-between because you're still working on me. Let's stand to our feet. We hope that this message has spoken something personal to you. If you would like more information about our church family or service times, please call us at 303-424-2121 or visit us at our website, www.fbci.org. Faith Bible Chapel currently meets in our Family Worship Center, located on the corner of 62nd Avenue and Ward Road. 